Thanks for joining us for this week's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Job interviews can be nerve-wracking whether it's your first job out of the military or not. A successful interview is key to making a great first impression and potentially receiving a job offer. Taking the time to prepare for a job interview will not only help you to feel more comfortable, it will also help make the interview run more smoothly. My guest on today's show is one of Orion's top recruiters, Nora Lyles. Nora discusses her list of top 10 do's and don'ts during your interview. From researching the company and asking thoughtful questions to avoiding a what's in it for me attitude, Nora's got you covered. If you're listening to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. We'd love to get your feedback, so make sure you give us a rating as well. We're always looking for new topic ideas, and we want to make sure that we're providing the best, most relevant information to help you through your job search. If you have any questions or ideas for a future podcast, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey, Megan, thank you so much for having me here. Of course. So to succeed in a job interview, it's very important to say and do the right things that are going to make a positive first impression and convince a potential employer that you would be a good fit for their company. It's also important to avoid making major mistakes that could raise questions about your professionalism or even your ability to perform the job for which you're interviewing. And I know as a recruiter, you work with military job seekers every day, preparing them to put their best face forward in interviews. So today I thought we could discuss some of the top five do's and your top five don'ts. Um, So let's start with the do's. When you're interviewing with a lot of companies and you're focused on your interviewing skills, I'm sure candidates sometimes neglect to thoroughly do number one on your list. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of researching the company? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, the way I treat the initial interview, specifically the initial interview here, is treat it as an entrance exam. This is your opportunity to engage with the company to really win them over from the first time. The first impression really, really matters here. And you can make a great first impression by researching the company. You need to know the basics. You need to know the basics about what they do, who they are, what they stand for, and how their values and their products and their mission tie in with your goals and your background. It doesn't take that long. You know, thanks for... Well, the technology that we have, uh, you can easily Google any company and any person that there is out there. You have a lot of resources from Google to YouTube. A lot of companies right now have great informational videos about what they do and their culture. Um, You can find an abundant amount of information on YouTube about the companies that you're interviewing with. And of course, if you're working with a military recruiting firm like Orion, we provide you with all this information beforehand. Uh, So for me, as a recruiter, it's my responsibility to provide my candidates with job descriptions, and job descriptions give you a brief overview of the company's history and what they do and what they're looking for. So you have a lot of tools available to you. Um, Just make sure that you put the time and effort to study the company, know what they do, and that in return can boost your confidence. You know, the more you know about the company, the more you know about how, uh, again, their their mission and their values are aligned with their background, then your performance in the interview will um, improve drastically, and obviously you will make a great impression and hopefully move to the final stage with the company. Mm-hmm. And Nora, you mentioned YouTube because I think, you know, videos, of course, a lot of companies do have 
those out there to tell about what they do. Um, but another thing I would think with social media, just you know, looking at Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, it's one thing to look at their company page and see about like what generally what do they do. But it's another thing I think you could find a lot more information on their social media pages just looking at what do they post about on a regular basis. So there could be, you know, new things going on in the business that you wouldn't have found with the about page. And I think that would be impressive to bring that up during an interview, especially if you bring up something that's timely, like a big project that they're working on or, um, you know, an award or something like that. It shows that you've done your research and you've gone beyond just looking at their about page and you've really put in the time to figure out, you know, what are they doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely, Megan. And, and, you know, to add to this, you bring up some really good points. You can learn a lot about the company's culture and mm -hmm. how you and how you can fit in within that organization just by looking at, again, uh, trends and information that they share on social media. You get a sense of, you know, what the culture is like, what do they value, and, again, how these values are in line with what you're looking for ultimately in your next career. And, again, it comes down to this. You know, one of the most common questions in interviews is, hey, you know, why do you want to work for us? If a hiring manager asks you this question, you know, why do you want to work for us? Or why our company in particular, you got to show them that you really are passionate about what they do and that you really want to join their team by knowing exactly who they are and what they do. So if you fail to ask to answer this question, that means you are really not that interested in the opportunity. So mm -hmm. again, make sure it takes you it takes you an hour at most to research the opportunity. And and going back to the resources available to you at Orion here, us the recruiters and our account executives, we spend a lot of time working with our clients. We've been to their facilities. We have close ties with these organizations, so make sure that you take advantage of these resources. Talk to us, the recruiters, and our account executives. You know, we can answer any questions you have about the company, too, to make sure that you succeed in the interview. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point because, you know, you mentioned culture and it being something that you could most likely get a sense of on social media, but, of course, working with your account executive or your recruiter, they know, they kind of have the inside scoop so they can tell you a little bit more about the culture as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, no, moving on to number two on the list, knowing the position well and how it relates to your background. This one is really important because as a job seeker, it's your responsibility to sell yourself as the right person for the job. So if your background isn't a clear-cut fit based on your resume, you need to know how to relate it to your background in an interview. So can you talk a little bit more about this one? Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely one of the most fascinating uh, parts of transitioning from the military to civilian um, industry. So as an example, when you talk to a transitioning uh, veteran, a lot of the times you have a very specific specialty in the military. So if you're a logistics officer, maybe that's a bad example to use because logistics officers, they may start out in transportation and then you specialize in, in logistics later on. But let's say if you're infantry, you're infantry from day one. You go to training and, and you specialize as an infantry officer your whole career. So if you're thinking about transitioning to a career in finance or a career in medical device manufacturing post the military, a lot of the times it is or candidates are uncertain about how their skill sets will translate to roles in these industries. 
But you need to keep in mind that you do a lot in the military, and I think I've said this before many times, we do a lot in the military where, you know, military officers and veterans in general, they get to wear many hats. So that gives you a lot of versatility. You have a lot of skills that can translate to a variety of jobs in the private sector. So what you need to know is to make sure that you understand what the job is. And you can do that by looking at the requirements for the position. If it's project management, it is clear that you'll be managing projects. It can be projects of all types and, and, and specialties. But what's important here, it's not having that specific experience in the medical device field or the, the financial field. A lot of the times companies know that you don't have that specific experience, but being able to intelligently talk about how you manage products or projects and how you, um, and how you manage uh, those, proje uh, those projects uh, from A to Z, being able to give metrics and measurables, being able to give specific examples of projects that you led. Um, you know, again, it's talking about how you took the, took charge of that project itself using the star format as an example. You know, that will definitely help you tremendously sell your background as a qualified candidate for that particular role. And again, same thing goes for sales and, and any other opportunity. Just make sure that you understand what the, um, what the requirements are for the position and what your duties are. And you can get all this information, again, by looking at the job description itself and by talking to your recruiter or the account executive. They can definitely help you understand what the company is looking for. And also, we can help you uh, learn a little bit more about candidates or veterans that were hired by these organizations in the past and what their backgrounds look like and how um, you, know, you can help sell your background to the company in a way where you're viewed as a subject matter expert in terms of um, you know, the industry that you're trying to get into. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's all really good information, Nora. One thing I would say relating to, you know, selling yourself for the interview and making sure that you're the right person for the job, it kind of leads us into our next one. There's no better way to show your interest in the company by asking questions um, and making sure that they're thoughtful questions. So what, are there any questions in particular that you would recommend for candidates to ask of the interviewer? Can you just talk a little bit more in general about the importance of asking good questions? Absolutely. So again, I, I'm trying to focus this time on initial interviews because I think mm -hmm. if you know your initial interview, that will open up the door for you to move further in the process. So during the initial interview, um, we really try to listen or hiring managers in general are, are trying to listen for the qualities and the values that you bring to the table as a potential employee. So try to keep your questions focused on the position itself and how you can help the company in, in that particular role. So for me, I try to focus on really trying to gather a better understanding of the day-to-day -day responsibilities on that role, or maybe some of the qualities or personality traits that successful individuals in this role um, hold in, in also, we can talk about performance measures. How will your performance be measured? And that will really help you understand the qualities that the company is looking for in a candidate. 
you can also talk about mm-hmm. the backgrounds of the individuals that you'll be managing, you know, the team that you'll be managing, um, and maybe if there are any challenges that the, co- the organization is facing right now, especially in that particular facility that you're going to join and how you can step in and help out. Uh, so definitely ask thoughtful questions and keep these questions focused on the position itself and the values that you can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And that's good advice. I think that by focusing on questions that relate to specific expectations and goals are helpful not only for the interviewer because it helps them know what you're curious about, what are some of the things that would be um, not necessarily a deal breaker, but some of the things that would concern you versus some of the things that you would be excited to pitch in and work on. So it kind of just shows um, that you have your wheels turning and you're thinking about actually being in that position. So you're kind of thinking beyond the interview process. And that would be a good way to sell yourself to a potential employer. And then also, I think another thing to keep in mind is just that you're interviewing the employer just like they're interviewing you. So at the end of the day, it has to be a good fit for both of you in order to succeed later down the road. Absolutely. And again, you know, one thing to add to this here, and we're just talking about the initial interview. So again, by making a good impression here that you're really interested in helping this organization succeed, again, you know that if you nail this interview, you will have the opportunity to engage with the company in several different different occasions down the road. Um, you will definitely want to go on site with the company. And hopefully by nailing the initial interview down, you're going to be invited to join the the company and uh, to meet the team to go on site. And that will be another opportunity for you to ask further questions to evaluate the company's Mm -hmm. culture and the environment in the facility itself and really meet the rest of the team that you'll be interviewing with. And and again, you'll have further opportunities to ask more and more questions so you can get a better understanding of, is this the right fit for you? Yes, exactly. So moving on to number four on the list is um, dress to impress. First impressions matter. And there's the saying that you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So what advice do you have for job seekers on dressing to impress? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I always think of an interview uh, as a date, believe it or not. It's a professional date. I mean, you really want to impress your date to hopefully continue in that relationship. And in interviews, it is always important to remember that if you're interviewing for a job, you want it to be not just a job, you want it to be a career. And you're interviewing for probably a job that's better than the one that you have right now. So you need to remember that you are you need to dress for the job that you want, the career that you want, not the job that you have right now. With that comes to mind, you know, if, if you're interviewing for your first career post the military, you know that you're going to have to leave that uniform behind. So try to invest and in your interview attire because you know that will be your ticket along with your resume to get your next career and all you need sometimes is just one suit you don't have to go and and buy you know five or six different ones and it definitely gives you a great return on your investment spend a couple hundred dollars here but you know that will give you your next career so definitely make sure that you're dressed impressed just keep that in mind and you know, you want to also be conservative. I know a lot of the times, you know, 
we might get excited, we might get carried away, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it is not, um, it's not a contest here. So a lot of the times we see candidates make mistakes where they go to the interview wearing flashy colors or, you know, over accessorizing and whatnot. You definitely want to be yourself. You want to look professional. And of course you want to look your best, make a great first impression and, and win that interview. Mm -hmm. And it's important to be memorable, but I think that's best to be memorable based on your interview performance and your background and, you know, the questions that you asked and all these other things that we've talked about versus wearing um, distracting colors or anything that would, you know, make you memorable, but maybe even distracting. So I think that's always important to keep in mind, too. Absolutely. And then another thing, Nora, just with the whole, you know, dress and press, I would think that another um, important factor in this would be kind of knowing your audience. So knowing the type of company that you're going into, I'm sure the type of interview that it is and knowing the company environment and things like that could also influence what you wear to the interview. And that's going back to what we talked about earlier, the importance of having a little bit of insider information by working with a recruiter, just to know what is the environment here like and knowing how to dress for the interview. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely. We're here to help out with, with providing you with as much information as, as we can about interviews. But generally speaking, it, it is very rare um, for a company to uh, tell you not to wear um, a suit for an interview. A lot of the times, even if you're going to uh, a factory or, you know, an industrialized environment, um, you are still asked to wear a suit um, or you will wear a suit unless you're told otherwise. So it is a safe yeah. bet to assume that you've got to have that suit ready and to dress and press for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's good to keep in mind because I'm not sure maybe listeners that are thinking about, you know, the different environments they could be interviewing and in, they might think that, well, some might be more casual, but I think you're right. It's still an interview. It's still professional attire and less told otherwise. So that's definitely a good thing to keep in mind. So Absolutely. Yeah, I'll tell you. Oh, go ahead. I'll tell you, there were many times where, um, you know, we reach out to candidates and we find them the absolute perfect career opportunity and, you know, they cannot make the event or they cannot make the interview because they don't have a suit ready yet. So for me, when I tell all candidates, same thing that I told my husband when he made the, his transition, the minute you submit your resignation paperwork and you make the decision to get out, go ahead and purchase your suit. That's great advice. So moving on to your last one, ask for commitment. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Yeah, absolutely. For me, that is the most important part of the interview. I mean, if you if you are in an interview, that means you really want that job. And if you're there and you really want the job, then ask for it. So the worst thing that you can do is to go and, and have a great interview and just walk away, you know, with the interview without asking for the job itself. And that Asking for commitment, you know, that happens at the very tail end of the interview. So now you ask your questions, everything is good, and, it, and it's, you know, the interviewer would signal to you that, hey, you know, thank you so much, it's time to go. For you, you really need to take it a step further, and you really need to ask for the job itself, you know, ask them to be considered for the next step, ask them if you have their endorsement today, and really express your interest in the position and how you want to join the team. And believe it or not, you know, if you close the deal right, and if the company felt like you were very interested and you you really 
convince them that this is the job that you want. That will speed up the decision process. I've seen it time and time again where, you know, candidates have a great interview, but they fail to ask for for the job itself. They fail to ask for commitment. And you have another candidate, you know, who interviews for the same job, same identical resume, but closes interview right. You know, ask for the opportunity to move forward and to be considered. And that's the person who gets the job. So definitely make sure you close the interview right and ask for, for a follow-up if you are interested in the position. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned earlier that you're interviewing the company as much as they're interviewing you and making sure that it's a good fit on both ends. The closing is so important because you could have a great interview and then get to the end. And at the end of the day, you don't ask for you don't ask for commitment on there and they might not think you're interested. So of course the company wants to move forward with the candidate that's not only a good fit, but is also interested because they're investing in a hire. At the end of the day, that is a lot of money for them. It's a lot of commitment. So they want to make sure that they're hiring someone who wants to be there as well. For sure. That's absolutely right. So we talked about the do's. I want to move on to the don'ts. And you've referenced several times that we're strictly talking about you know, the beginning of the interview process, so your first interview. So there's some things that you can ask about later down the road, and not only can you ask about them, you should ask about them just to make sure that it's going to be a good fit for both you and the company. But just during the initial stage, your top, your number one don't is asking about training and benefits or anything that's related to what's in it for me. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, again, during the first first interview, you really need to focus on what you bring to the table. What is it that you have that will make you an, you know, valuable asset for the company? Now, you can ask about the benefits and you can ask about training and growth potential, but again, save that till the end when you have that offer letter, when the when you know the company really wants you. Like you said before, you're interviewing the company just as much as they're interviewing you. During the first interview or the, the or the early stages of the interviewing process you know try to focus on again your skill set what you bring to the table and then when the company gets to really know your value and, and and you know when you're in a good position to let's say negotiate and to be in the driver's seat which you know that comes after uh, you know you have your offer letter then we can focus on the benefits but worst thing you can do is hey you're in the first interview and you ask the company hey you know what kind of training programs do you have for me that simply tells the company that you're doubting your ability to come in and perform the job that you need Mm -hmm. you know training you need to get up to speed Again, you know, focus here on telling the company that you are qualified, that you are ready to step in, roll up your sleeves, and perform. So asking for training in the early stages can really hurt you. But now rest assured that most of the companies that we work with, you know, provide some kind of training. A lot of the companies provide on-the-job training. So um, simply, you know, know that the companies will not sit here and watch you fail if if you can if you need some help to learn about their industry. So focus on highlighting what you bring to the table, benefits, training, growth potential and whatnot. You can ask all these questions when you have your offer letter. And I think asking about training is something, Nora, that's a really good point because honestly, I wouldn't have thought about it. And to me it seems like 
a lot of job seekers know not to go into the first interview and ask, hey, how many vacation days am I going to get? Or what kind of medical insurance am I going to get? Most people know not to ask that. But I could see it being overlooked that asking about training could also be seen as a weakness. So it would be best to maybe save it till later in the interview process. That's absolutely true. I mean, that's the main reason why we try to avoid asking about training because you again you want to come in and tell the company that you are confident in your ability to do the job definitely so number two on the list you have why is this position open so do you want to talk a little bit more about that in the scope of you know what not to do during the interview yeah so coming back to the initial interview you know why is this position open at this point, for you as a job seeker, it doesn't really matter. If you like the position, if you want to be considered for it, all you care about is, hey, great, this position is open and I want it, right? But why is it open? The way I look at it, and over the years, you know, I, I got to realize that, yes, I am curious about why a position is open, but you will, there is a 50-50 chance that you will get an honest answer on why this position is open. You know, companies are trying to attract and retain employees. Every company shares that common goal. Now, if this position was open for good reasons, like, hey, somebody got promoted, somebody moved up the ladder, you will hear about it. But if the position is open because of a negative experience, you are probably not going to hear about it. You know, most of the times companies don't try to share that news with you. So in my opinion, I would try to focus on understanding how this job is a good match for you in terms of the responsibilities and the duties of the position itself and the company's culture overall instead of trying to really focus on why this position is actually open. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what we talked about with the importance of asking thoughtful questions it seems to me that why is this position open is a question that you might see on a list of things that you should ask during an interview. But it's just, it's not, like you said, it's not really something that's important. It's probably not something that you would get an honest answer from. And a lot of times if you're talking about the position and say it was created based on a need from within the organization, a process that needs to be improved or what have you, that's probably going to be explained during the interview anyway. And so it's not necessary to ask the question. Absolutely. Yep. So the um, next one on the list of things not to do, do not bring up personal information such as marriage, children, et cetera. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? And actually, if you have any examples for many of these, don't feel free to share those as well. <laughs> well, I will tell you one of the, most important things to keep in mind, we're talking about job interviews, professional interviews. So uh, what matters to the hiring manager is your professional experience. What you bring to the table, your skill set, your background, how you're going to perform on the job, and again, your experience as a professional overall. They don't care if you're married or not, whether you have kids or dogs, what happens outside of work stays outside of work, especially during the, the initial interviews. Companies and hiring managers will get to know you and will get to know a lot about your personal life, you know, when you become a colleague or a coworker. But right now, you really don't need to volunteer this information because I, in my opinion, 
there are some biases out there, although it is illegal um, for hiring managers and, and recruiters to discriminate, um, you know, based on your marital status or, you know, other, other personal factors. Um, again, there are some biases out there and, and, and you don't, and it could be based on business needs, but you don't want to put yourself in a vulnerable position where you might be discriminated against, you know, not really necessarily by, um, you know, it could happen, you know, unintentionally. So keep your interview strictly focused on what you bring to the table in terms of your professional background. I've seen it many times, you know, where candidates start their introduction, like, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. And they, they start talking about, um, you know, their relationship status and how they're, you know, devoted to their families and whatnot. But when you start the, your professional introduction, your first conversation with the hiring manager talking about your personal life and your family, sometimes the hiring manager may feel like that you're missing the point here because this is an interview at the end of the day and the hiring manager is mostly interested in your qualifications and your background. Now, if you were mm -hmm. asked during the interview, like, yeah, do you have kids? Do you have family? Do you, you know, do you play sports? Sure, go ahead and answer this question, but don't voluntarily give out this information. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are certain things that you could say. Um, just as an example, say, um, you know, you went to a specific school or something like that when you're talking about your educational background. Sometimes there are little, um, you know, little things that you could say that a manager might say, oh, I went to that school too, or I know someone that went there, I grew up there something along the lines of that. And sometimes that is something that would set you apart and it would be a good thing to talk about. But, you know, as far as marriage, kids, things like that, I definitely think that those things, like you said, you'll get to know that about people once they're your coworkers, but definitely not something that's relevant to the job, especially in the first interview. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, you want to have a, you know, a, a connection. You want to have to, use that introduction as a, as an icebreaker. So you're absolutely right. I mean, you can make connections with the hiring manager through, um, again, you know, like you said, your, your military background or, or your education or the town that you grew up in, especially if you're interviewing for a job in your hometown. There are many, many ways to connect with the hiring manager on a deeper level um, without talking about your you know personal life and personal commitment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, one of the questions that I think is really tricky to answer during an interview is, tell me about your weaknesses or really anything that implies negativity because the everything we've talked about so far and just what people know about going into the interview process, it's your job to sell yourself. And, you know, a lot of candidates probably think, how am I supposed to sell myself if I'm talking about something that I'm not good at? So um, one of the don'ts that you have here is, if someone asks you how you failed, don't say no. So talk about that in a little bit more detail and help us understand why it's a negative if you're going to say no to this question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, this is one of the most important questions to really learn about the individual's character. First of all, you know, what you get from, from failures, it's not just a failure and you move on. It's what you learn from it how you learn from that failure, how it made you perform uh, better and, and more effectively and efficiently as a professional. And, 
you know, one of my colleagues mentioned this morning is that failure isn't a tattoo. It's just a bruise. So, you know, you can recover from it. So a lot of the times companies in, are interested in, in hearing about how you failed and what you learned from it, because that really gives them the opportunity to assess your ability to think outside the box. And, you know, a lot of the times companies really like risk takers, especially if you're interviewing, um, you know, in, in, in sales, business to business sales, or those roles that are innovative. You know, a lot of the times they want people who are not afraid to fail, people who can learn from mis their mistakes, people who can challenge status quo, and people who can really make an impact. So sometimes taking a risk and maybe failing once or twice can really help you, um, you know, get to the next step and really um, succeed. So if you haven't failed, that means you really don't have much experience in life. So, you know, if you have a failure, own it and talk about how, how it really made you become a better professional. Mm -hmm. And just be real because, you know, a lot of times you can Google how to answer this question in interviews and you don't want it to be a fake response. I think a lot of times interviewers can spot those from a mile away anyway. And so, as you said, it's best to just use real examples and show how you overcame something because, um, failure is always a chance to learn. So I 100% agree with everything you just said. Now, the last one on the list is don't be nervous and don't forget to be yourself. Um, can you talk a little bit more about this one? Yes. So, you know, over the years, I worked with a lot of candidates and, you know, we stress out the importance of prep, you know, prep and prep and prep for interviews. But sometimes you notice that once you prep, and prep and prep and go over all the possible questions and prepare your answers. A lot of the times, candidates transform to robots. You just, you know, go over these examples and, and answers without really thinking or without being yourself. So at the end of the day, you need to think about this interview as, as an opportunity for the hiring manager to really get to know you and for you to really connect with the hiring manager and make sure that that person or you and that person, you know, have things in common, especially when it comes down to the personalities and, and the demeanor here. So don't overstress the interview, prep, but don't over prep and just remember to be yourself. And again, Prep should really help you uh, boost your confidence and, you know, to really help you relax and be yourself. But if you're prepping to the point where, you know, again, you just seem like a robot, you can't be yourself, that is probably not a good recipe for success here. Mm -hmm. And prep in the areas um, so, to where you'll have good examples and ways to tie things that you've learned about the company into your own personal experience so that you can talk about it in a way that is meaningful rather than just regurgitating the information that you read online. That's always important too. 100%, absolutely. Well, awesome, Nora, thank you very much. I think this has been a great list of do's and don'ts. And as always, it's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate your time. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. 
Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.